Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. Here we go. All right. Welcome to you, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you very much for being here. This is, in fact, the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. And this webisode was recorded Wednesday, August 26th, and I am in the studio with my good friends Joss and Ryan, and we are excited to be joined this evening by a very funny man, Mr. Patrick Keen. Guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Where did the audience come from? Well, yeah. uh, Pat started it. Yeah, that is... <laughs> <laughs> that is not canned, ladies and gentlemen. That was a real deal. That was a true live audience there. So thank you for joining us. Uh, never fear, the lava lamp is in fact burning brightly in the window as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home. And we are uh, probably going to end up lost ourselves tonight because we're drinking rum. And I don't have a real good history with rum. I got to be honest. What, what good history do you have with any alcohol? I mean, I can, kinda, I can hold my whiskey pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like, and maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's because every time I'm drinking rum, I'm in like some tropical, far-flung locale, you know, and I'm woo. But something about, the, the I always wake up in the morning with that sweet taste of the tropics in the back of my throat, and it's... That's, that's when you're drinking Malibu rum. Yeah. <laughs> so tonight we're drinking, uh, and I got to be honest, I've never even heard of this. I went into the store today, and I thought the bottle looked nice. All the marketing worked for me. Uh, it's called, and I don't even know I'm pronouncing it right. It's M-E-Z-A-N, Mezen, Mezan. By Mezen. Me- none of you guys looked it up before this episode? No. Pronunciation. It's a, it's a pronunciation. Going cold. Well, that's why, see, boom, that's why we have Ryan on the show. He does this whole process he calls Google, and uh, we end up with the answers to stuff generally within a short period of time. What's the, uh, what's the model that we're drinking there is this, this a single is, single bay yeah you know? single distillery rum crafted in Panama 2006 um I mean do they have other countries to distill in I believe that Mezin like does they source from the, so it's a single distillery source and I think Mezin goes around and sources from but I'm again we're going to need a little a little background on that Ryan mm-hmm. and like I said I went in cold on this one not being a big rum guy I just I, I knew I didn't want a spiced rum. I wasn't going like Captain Morgan's, you know. Yeah. I wanted like a good, like a rum, a real rum. And this is is not labeled as an añejo, but much like tequila, rum is aged in former bourbon barrels. So it's another industry that loves the bourbon industry because bourbon. In case you don't know, Pat. Yeah, I did not know that bourbon barrels to be called bourbon. It can only be aged in the barrel one time and then they have to get rid of that barrel and everybody else buys bourbon barrels to age in because they don't have that rule. So this has been aged in old bourbon barrels. So twice bourbon barrels are, are just out of business. Like there's no, you can't use them unless it's another alcohol. Yeah. You, you can. Oh, bourbon what a great opportunity use, for other. Right. Scotch uses sure. bourbon barrels, rum, tequila. Uh, I mean, v- name it. Every the, the liquor industry, even beer, wine. I mean, the liquor industry in general loves the bourbon what industry. What a nice little benefit. Because bourbon for, industry uh, can only use their barrels once. Okay. Isn't rum a liquor that's in need of a new star? I mean, you have Captain Morgan's, Malibu, and then it's like, 
I don't know a lot of other rums. Yeah, like, I will tell you, mean, you like the tequila phenomenon. Well, rum 60, did make 000. a boom. Yeah. There was there was a kind of a boom about two years ago where rum kind of started to gain some you know everyone's always looking for like the next hot alcohol and everyone's been saying it's going to be gin forever and I'll tell you right now it ain't never going to be gin (laughs) it took over Europe yeah yeah gin did yeah like every every Irish pub had three gin and tonics you a big gin gin guy no you know who was was Bob Hope uh, okay. Bob Hope was a big gin guy. I think he was born in Cleveland, maybe, or born in London, grew up in Cleveland. But uh, when I worked for a PR company, my first job in Hollywood, my boss had me run over some gin to Bob Hope. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty cool. And, That's uh, a very interesting story. Isn't that crazy? He was a big gin guy. And, and I don't, gin was like, because now when you get a martini, you have to specify. Right, like, vodka or gin. And usually the, the, the default is vodka, isn't it? I, th- I yeah. mean, when yes. I order a, a martini, that's what I want. But I think possibly there might have been a time where gin was the default. Right, absolutely. When we were kids. Because like, and... um, what's, what's James Bond's? Uh, shaken, not stirred. I know, but is it? Oh, is it a vodka martini? No, it's got to be gin martini. I think There's it's gin. No gin. It's got to be. That was 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, it's got to be. So yeah, at that time, that was probably the default yeah, martini. Yeah, I'm sure was it was assumed gin. that it was gin. Now it's, it's a very strong flavor. You'd have to specify gin if you wanted it now. If I got a gin martini, I'd be bummed. Yeah, okay. Let me tell you something. The last thing I need myself and my Irish buddies at a pub is to get rolling into a bottle of gin. <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> gin hangovers are so brutal. Oh, my so dad brutal. called gin. I think this is a common thing. My jad, dad called it loudmouth soup. Okay. Okay. Gin was called loudmouth soup. Louis Palovich's father can make a mean martini, like blackout after two. Really? Yeah, it's unbelievable. The guy I mean, is it that's in a the thing bowl? about martinis is pure alcohol. I mean, yeah. it's alcohol on alcohol. Yeah. You know, it's a sh- couple shots yeah. of alcohol. Yeah, the olive alone will get you. Seriously. <laughs> All right, so the mezzin, it's double oaked, kind of mm-hmm. like last week we we had the the Colonel Taylor which was double oaked. Um but those were it was double oaked in brand new barrels twice. So this is double oaked in in bourbon barrels. So they Age it in a bourbon barrel till they feel like they've sucked all the goodness out of it, and then they take it out and they put it in another bourbon barrel, and they do it again, and then they bottle it. So it's twice in in bourbon barrels. It has well, we'll we'll see. Last week you nailed the tasting notes, so we'll see what flavor notes you get out of it because there are, there's some on the bottle. We'll see if you hit any of those. But um, yeah, this is a, a single distillery uh, Panamanian classic aged rum. Give it a. Wow. Give it a go. Is it time? In it's there the slogan on it is industrial rum from modern multi-column stills. Nice. Doesn't sound that appetizing. That's, yeah, that's what Hemingway Industrial wanted. rum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just what Hemingway wanted. I think they're trying to paint the picture of the the bricks in the background with the col- you know, the the copper and things like that, but I don't think industrial was the right Ooh, way. Oh, that is nice. Caramel. Uh, I think there it tastes. It, it starts tasting like a bourbon and ends tasting like a scotch. And there's a little rum in the middle. So do you know what rum we've talked about up until last week or up until the tequila episode? We had only whiskeys, which are grain based, and we had tequila, which is agave based. Do you know what rum is derived from? Rams. Rams. <laughs> oh, I don't Jesus know what rum, rum is. Based do you really by? not know? Rum. See, Josh is the guy on the show that like kind of doesn't know stuff. Okay, okay. And then Ryan does. Right. And so it, they they play off each other really. With, <laughs> I'm not sure. I assume you know. Uh, I'm probably somewhere in the in the middle of those. Uh, two. No, I mean, but do you know what you know what rum comes from? Where or what? What? 
I do not know. Don't. I don't think. I don't think I'm thinking hard enough. I'm. I think I'm overlooking sugar cane. Oh, okay. And sugar cane. So Jamaica. Mazan has the their. It's all. It's all their their own sugarcane plantation. So the rum we're drinking, right? That is, it, they own their own sugar plant sugar plantation. Yeah. So they're they're growing it and then they're cutting it down and distilling it and. It's the circle of life. It's very nice. Jobu, um, Jobu in Major League. Uh-huh. Very bad to drink Jobu. You know, the whole reason, the whole oak thing was obviously an accident, right? Especially with, and it, and it likely happened with, you know, rum or whiskey, but very likely with rum because the uh, the English, the, um, the British Navy had a daily allotment of rum. I mean, it was it was part of your job. Every day you got a couple belts of rum as a, as a sailor, as a professional sailor. They carried a lot of rum around, and they they settled Jamaica and all those places. And so what they would do is they'd go there, they'd pick up the spirit, they'd throw it on the ship in an oak barrel, and by they got by the time they got home, it had aged and it had pulled the the flavor and the color out of it. And they're like, oh shit, it's a completely different thing. When you know when we left when we left Jamaica, it was clear. And now it's got this color and this flavor, and they're like, oh, my God. I mean, it was absolutely another one of those things. It was like a happy accident. Yeah. And that's why we have – Well, during, uh, during Prohibition, some of the, like, Jamaicans – it was primarily Jamaican, but I'm sure every island was doing it – was skipping the U.S. and going straight to Canada. And so they were going into, like, Newfoundland and, like, St. John's and that area with this super heavy sugar, you know – alcohol they, they, essentially they were fermenting <laughs> i guess trying to ferment maybe distilling on the ocean because by the time it would get there it was so thing that people called it screech because that's the way your head feels the next morning wow and well, the that's... first the first night you stay in newfoundland you're supposed to get screeched in that's so and that's what gets get you rum drunk you just get shitty on just super sugary rum well, uh, and just hate your life for the next two days if, if the base is sugar cane it yeah. can't end well in the morning. Well, I here, mean, but that's the common misconception because not is not it's not necessarily it, it's not the distilling process that takes it out. It's the fermentation process because no. in the process of fermentation, the yeast is converting the sugar into alcohol. So th- it's a misconception to think that sugary you know predecessors lead to a sugary product. The conversions happen. So, um, so we can drink the whole thing. There is products that have sugar added spice rum is notorious that's why it's so sweet this is there's no sugar added this is out of the still into the barrel into the bottle yeah i've never had pure uh rum in its purest form and that's what this is I and mean. all of that sweetness and caramel and all those flavors that's 100 percent coming from the oak so what so what were your flavor notes you said caramel caramel a little cinnamon i think there's a kind of a Maybe a end of a tropical fruit in there too. It's very wow. balanced. Okay. Buttery caramel with a touch of dried apricots and guava. It's tropical fruit with a touch of dried and guava on the nose. Soft on the palate. Tropical marmalade flavors combining well with some burnt sugar notes. I mean, you pretty much nailed it again this week. I Josh. did pretty good. <laughs> I'm impressed. It's- I mean, I missed marmalade. Marmalade. Oh, did I mispronounce is, it? Is it marmalade? I'm sorry, I'm or not Paddington Bear. I'm not. <laughs> um, so I made the. You know, every time I drink rum, I'm I'm usually like on a f- island or on a cruise ship. And I know that you have worked quite often uh, doing comedy on cruise lines. Absolutely. A lot of do you? Okay, first of all, 
do you drink while you work? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Especially no, when you're out at sea. Yeah, not uh, not really the day of or the night before, but uh, like how it works is you'll usually be on a cruise ship for a week. Okay. And then your your shows will be on the third or fourth night and then the last night. And one a day, one show? Uh, usually two. Okay. Two. And uh, so I try to space it out. I try to like- I mean, it. because I imagine like when you're not working, yeah. I mean, are you hanging out with like everyone else? Yeah, it, it, it's touch and go. As a matter of fact, if I go back to cruise ships, I will get a full wig and glasses that I can see through just so in case the show doesn't go well, I can still go into the cafeteria. Oh, that's true. Because you bomb dude, and then you have to interact. Uh, and it's brutal. And and it's and, and so you have you're to just fake that. that smile. You're stuck and, on a tin can uh, with uh, them for a week. There have been some rough shows, man. Uh, you're on I never even people. thought about that. And you're I've stuck never, with, not I've like never you do a regular comedy club. You bomb, yeah. you bail, you go to yeah. the next town. You, yeah. hit, you hit Cincinnati. It didn't go so hot. Right, right, no problem. You're on to Akron. Yeah, no problem. But Wow. But some of these cruise ships, especially, they skew older. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of blue hairs, and uh, but at the same time, no matter how bad a show goes, in my experience, there's always been a few people <laughs> that have been like, "That was great." They well, just, you're a funny dude. Th- they, I mean, you're a very think. funny dude, and but, so yeah, it's a lot of Caribbean, a lot of rum, a lot of that. So that so that was my next question: yeah. is people get loose on cruise ships? Yeah, so totally. do, have you seen some crazy? Yeah, uh, like because usually because what you do, you know, you park the ship off the coast there for the day, and at night you're usually you're rarely docked you know at night you're, you're, you're on the water yeah so you, you dock somewhere jamaica or wherever um Karak. what are the what are the islands off venezuela i always uh Curacao. 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 yeah Curacao. you're doing that and so you you know you you take a little uh what are they called the little boats that go in tenders 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 you take those onto land and then and that's where you perform on the, the, no, <laughs> no, no, the tenders yeah i wish they were sometime <laughs> i'd rather have a tinder um than a uh, than a cruise ship, but uh, yeah, you go and drink. The rum drinks are great, pina coladas, and you can get away. What's great about cruise ship? You can be a heterosexual and just like, yeah, I'm gonna have a pina colada today. Right, I'm gonna have a right, blended right, drink and right. just act like you know, fruity. Give me it. Yeah, yeah. I want the umbrella. I totally, I'm a dude, and uh, yeah, so you can really let loose with the rum drinks. And I try to, I try to go indigenous wherever I go in the world. Yeah, with drinks, with food, and stuff <laughs> like that. You got it. When in France, when in France. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well. But when in Rome, but yeah, when, yeah. Oh, when is that France. what it is? Yeah, yeah. When in I don't Rome, think it's one in France. Forty-five, forty-six. Yeah. When in <laughs> when in Rome, have your pocket picked, uh, or go to the Vatican. And Ain't focus. that true? Um, but yeah, no. It's it's the cruise ship is all about rum. It's all about the Hemingway vibe. You know, it is right. I mean, I, w- I would have to think that rum is like the number one. They they, they have to keep the rum stocked on a cruise yeah. ship. Yeah. And I was drinking brandy for a while, and some German guy's like, try try Malibu rum straight. And so that on my most recent ship in January, I was drinking Malibu rum straight. I mean, you can do crazy? a bottle of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's candy. Careful. It's candy, man. So, but how are you, how's that going? I mean, like, you know, we had Anesha Rose in here last week. Love her, God bless her. Yeah, she's great. F- phenomenally talented. Yes. And just talked about live performance in general. You know, she's obviously a musician, but, you know, as a stand-up comic... This COVID thing has had to have affected your career, and yeah. and like the cruise line thing. I mean, are they cruises aren't running? Cruises were like the first to go. You know, I, I got home January thirteenth, and uh, I mean, what about another month, month and a half before it was like shut down? I mean, that was shut down. In I mean, February. even if you could, you wouldn't want to be on a cruise ship right now. Right? No, it's you've got you've got a, floating petri dish. That's yeah. what it is, man. It yeah. spreads and it's it skews older, uh, and uh, you know, smokers and all that stuff. And and I don't I don't know how and when and if that'll come back 
they're they're gonna have to offer some really cheap rates in about a yeah whatever. you can you can do like a twelve day European cruise for like three hundred and fifty dollars right right they're gonna have to offer that because because people but, are gonna be hesitant and then yeah. you they just they they stop every so often and get a little fuel and just ask if everybody can chip in like hey can I get I'm yeah, oh, yeah, there, there's a till yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah they just yeah. pass around the hat yeah. ask, hey, ask uh, grass or uh, gas yeah. and rides for free yeah. <laughs> So, so this boat isn't getting up up river. But you know, yeah, I mean, I, what's help. funny is I complain about those shows, but now I'd love to be back on a cruise ship. What, ideally, you want like a cruise ship maybe one one week out of the month because they pay well, but the shows are hard. But the experience is great, man. You, you yeah. it's the first time where like if you go for a week, you actually better bring two books. Like you're gonna have a lot of downtime, and you're gonna work. Like I wasn't, I was working out so much. I, you know do a treadmill for an hour and then I'm like I think I got another hour in me and then go do a stairmaster or a elliptical machine coming like, back from the thing just chiseled oh yeah you look well great, read you know? oh well read you're what? ready to go and uh you know you know all this stuff it's like Groundhog Day you have so much time and by 11 you've eaten you've worked out you've showered you've read you've prepared for your show and, and you're like wow I have another 12 hours of being awake do you spread out the Getting drunk, like you said, because it's usually third or fourth. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be hungover. The, the, and right. uh, the first night's yeah. got to be the drunkest, I would imagine. If yeah, they don't. They don't, don't want to. Uh, they, and 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 if you're a non-rev, if you're non-revenue, then you can't really be at the bars if they're crowded. They don't want you taking up a seat or taking up a right. server's time. Right. So you got to kind of hang back. Um, and uh, so yeah, I, I try not to get uh, too many drinks. You know, it, it, I just thought of something else. Since you're with the same people for a week. You can't be doing the same set over and over either. Uh, yeah, you have to vary it. If you do, you do a Wednesday night, same set, early, late, and then you have a Saturday and you have to change it. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah, to have and, a lot and, of material. Dude, and yes, and because people come to the show again. And I'm like, you were just in the show. And then they're like, why are you doing the same stuff? got nothing else stuff? to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't. And I'm ship. like, do you go to a play and go, hey, you know, or a musical? Hey, you know. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera ended the same way. What's up? And it's like, dude, this is a show. Like, That's this isn't a, a conversation, point. man. <laughs> um, can you so, can you go see a play and get mad that it ends the same? Yeah, as, yeah. As yeah you end, you said, one guy was doing, and he ended like two or three of my jokes. I was like, what are you doing? And uh, it's it's a weird vibe. You have to understand, it's not a comedy club. Yeah. It's not. It's a it's a cruise ship, and you're you're almost better off. Like, I have a smoking jacket that I go on stage with that is so cheesy. But yeah. I, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this. So you have to be yeah. lighthearted kind of about Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And just be like, hey, how long have you guys been married? 60 years. Oh my and God. you hope that your audience is, too, that they realize, hey, we're on a cruise ship, right, you know. Right. And, and yeah, like you said, it's not a comedy club. Yeah. you got to come up with, uh, come in with a certain amount of, let's just have a good time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's, or what the, the hell are we uh, doing here? Yeah. What's the difference between... Um, you know, like the comedy club and the uh, and the cruise ship on on you, know, you said it once earlier that it's it's not a conversation. Right. So I think you, right. you, you, half the audience typically thinks it's a conversation, not a performance or not a. Yeah, it's weird. You can get away with very cheesy jokes. Like yeah. in stand up, uh, if you're doing a cruise ship, you're better off doing material you wrote the first two years of your act of your mm -hmm. career because it's like that's where they are. You know, you try that stuff at a club. Well, yeah, DC yeah. So you, they've or, or been drinking all day. Right. Rum, right. probably. So you can make those drinking jokes. You can make marriage jokes. You can make uh, jokes about the day. Like, how about that? Like, when we left Peru or Lima, uh, all I did was joke about, I'm like, did we all make it back alive? I mean, because the, the drivers are so crazy. It's like the Philippines and, <laughs> and some of these towns. We've all been there. Yeah, in these cities and some of these That's countries. cool. So you're writing, like, you know, relevant kind of new jokes. Yeah, you need it. two or three, and then you, and then you go 
glide into the act a little bit, you know. The, the flip side of the coin, if you go on a ship and you just crush it yeah. for three days. Right, right, right. Do you leave that ship, like, fit, like you have, like, a mink coat around your shoulder? Yeah, like, signing yeah. autographs, Everywhere like, you signing go. people's boarding yeah. tickets. Oh, yeah, they love like it. The- <laughs> they want to get pictures with you and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've never done that well on a cruise ship, <laughs> but there are people that have the act over the years that only do cruise ships and they're kings they hate their lives and they hate yeah. themselves and they have no soul but they uh you know the old couples like them and the families and the kids I mean, and all that the threesomes they've had with octogenarians are <laughs> just <laughs> crazy that is, that is yeah cold. so it's it's a real weird thing and what you have is mostly white americans elderly and elderly white canadians and a lot of that age that demographic of americans loves the current president a lot of that generation of Canadians hate current. So you are right down the line if you want to make a joke about the president. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's just interesting. It's mostly, you know, English Canadians and Americans and some... some Canadians you know. travel. That's yeah. one thing I've learned in yeah. life is that Canadians are everywhere. And, and especially in winter. Yeah. They get oh, the yeah. hell out. Yeah. So... So that's not really happening. Yeah, live so comedy. Going. What's going on with live comedy up in like the clubs up in L.A.? Some, some of the well, all the clubs in L.A. are shut down. Still shut. Still shut down. Uh, there was a couple of gigs I did in Vegas. I did Arizona. I did uh, Kansas City, and it was a third. The rooms were spread out, social distance, masks. Uh, did Everyone's some, in a mask. Did some Scottsdale and Phoenix shows. Yeah, masks. Third, third, third of the way full, and uh, so it was. It was weird. But people are you are, in a mask? Are you performing? No, I'm not in a mask. Okay. But they've ele- they have electric uh, they have wipes for electric instruments. Okay. And so they wipe a town between comics. Do, okay. do you get a third of the way paid? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, <laughs> I didn't think it could get any lower, right? but yeah, yeah, they somehow divvied that up into thirty-three and a third percent. <laughs> but uh, you do get paid a little less. Some it depends. You know, yeah. they're like they're, yeah. there's good news and bad news. Right. The good news is that we're going to give you a cut of the house. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the bad news. Yeah, that's the worst thing. So, guess. so but, it's open. But they are appreciative audiences, yeah. and they're not always laughing. Or and there's no momentum between jokes, bits, you know. But they are so happy to have something in front of their faces. Absolutely, I mean, that's what we were talking about with Anesha last week. People are so hungry for anything right yeah. now. Yeah, that you know, you probably it's probably a nice time to go work I out think new it's material. Great. I think it's great, and and you can feel them go like. Let's connect. And I feel it, too, being That's on stage. Great. I'm like, oh, this is a weird thing where it's not really going well, but it feels like an AA meeting where, like, you're welcomed, you're even, sure though, okay. even though the story's that terrible. That is so you know? funny. Yeah, it's so <laughs> true. It's like, so, you, so it's been good. You played last night at Bistro K, Yeah, right? Saturday night, Bistro K, outdoor patio. We're okay. going to try to do that a monthly. I'm hoping we can do it a monthly with Katya. But, and that's, um, yeah, that's yeah. another SM. Right? What's yeah, Katya? Yeah, Katya, Katya was uh, St. Catharines, and then Modern Day, and then Laguna Beach. But she knew a lot of people out of Santa Margarita. A lot of right. people. I from feel Santa like Margarita. I mean, I'm I know her on social media. I yeah, definitely very, know her. Yeah, the uh, restaurant's amazing. It used to be the place across the street from the Hotel Laguna years ago. That's now Paul's or something like that. Yeah. But now they moved inland, which is nice. They have the parking lot. And, you know, it's not like L.A. where they would get shut down right away. It's like no nobody's patrolling that so little like, back area, that sorry. town center plaza. So we have a nice patio to do stand-up on, out plenty of room, get about 20, 30 people watching, and they like it, and the comics like it. Keep it short, you know, keep it 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like a cool place. So, it's but none of the like food. none of the clubs up in LA are doing outdoor anything, or uh, adjusting any way like that. I don't think so. I mean, the comedy store might have been doing something, but outside, it's, I know Irvine Improv's doing something in the parking structure. They're doing drive-in comedy. Interesting. 
Yeah. yeah, they're pulling cars up to the top deck of the parking it's lot. It's a good there. idea. I Great think idea. so. Give it a do. What it. And, and coming in through your radio or I, I don't. I I've not oh, got. I don't know. Exactly I don't know if they have the speakers that. or if they if you're talking live and there might be a big screen behind you. Maybe so you can kind of watch it like a drive-in movie. And you, it's like a hundred bucks a car, but you can bring four people, bring your own alcohol, bring your own food. It's not a bad you deal. Get wasted and drive home. It's awesome. <laughs> there you go. Hot box your car the whole time. Ooh, high school. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that's that, you know, it's just that's the thing is, you know, everybody's obviously been hard, hit hard by this thing. I and mean, it's a global pandemic. So everyone's hurting. We want the music. We want the comedy. The musicians and the comics need to perform and make the money. And it's like we're just it, we're, we're just all so screwed right now. It sucks. Yeah, it's really it's it's really frustrating. Are you that. doing any kind of like backyard gigs? Or um, I know that that's kind of a thing yeah, I've heard about. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've, I've done one drive in thing at the. Uh, God, I don't know. It was called Fries in Burbank, like on a Saturday that was fun. Um, How about Zoom comedy? Zoom, I've done plenty of those shows, which is funky. That's really funky. I That's mean, like, I can't even imagine. It's like uh, almost zero feedback. No, I, yeah. I, Josh, I actually, Josh did one. I did one. Yeah. How was that? And it was uh, incredibly difficult because there's no momentum. You don't know whether to go show everybody yeah. or show like three people. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really scary. Yeah. And you, you can't even hear when the laughter ends when you get it. Right. Or if you disconnected <laughs> and, and you've just been talking. Yeah, like, I've, I've been on the mute button the whole time. Totally. <laughs> no, totally. Like Zoom. Yeah. There, then there's eight people. And the thing is with Zoom shows, you have to stick around for the whole thing because you're like one-tenth of the audience or something. <laughs> and that's hard because there's a lot of like, ha, ha, ha. It's a lot of fake <laughs> laughing. Whereas if you do a live show, you're like, hey, you're up second. And it's like, cool, if you leave after you're set or you can show up late after the show starts. But the Zoom, you're kind of locked in for an hour, hour and a half. And yeah. uh, that's a little tough. And it's, it's, it is good cleansing. It's good practice. <laughs> it's good because it gets the butterflies going. If your show's at 8, you get 6.30, you're starting to feel like, ooh, this is definitely the same feeling I get when I have a show, so it's kind of nice to have that muscle. But the shows themselves, I, I do not love. Of you, course, you still get butterflies. Yeah, it, it, different. Yeah, uh, comes and goes. You never know yeah. when shows. Yeah. Some shows yes, some shows no, which is crazy. You'll have a big show, a thousand people, and you're like, I feel good. Then you have like a ten person audience, and you're like, what am I so nervous for? Where's this coming from? I thought I was past this, but you get to the point though where it's like. I don't have time. It's probably like being a parent where you're like, okay, I, I, I can't address these tears right now. Like you can't cry every day to your, you know, kids one, two. I don't know when their pe crying peak is, age seven. I would think of it as a parent. You're like, I, I've got to pick my battles here. Well, I'm 45 I, I, and yeah. my mom tells me your it's right around now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with con it's like I can't, be ner I can't be this nervous. So I just have to get over this somehow. Um, Do you find that you perform Better or worse with the the, the nerves? Uh, worse, worse, because you're you're trying to please. You don't you're unsure of yourself, mm. and you're better off tanking on your own terms than like, huh, like me, like me, like than than them liking you every other joke. Um, because then you're gonna build a fan base, and people are like, wow, I really I, I like and respect that guy. Um, confidence comes through. Yeah, the yeah, end. the comfort, the confidence, and. People will laugh at something me mediocre if there's that confidence that, like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. And if you're in a role, you can slip in one. That oh, yeah. yeah. I, I actually saw the your tri -bar, uh, dry bar comedy show. Oh, you saw that? Okay. I saw that. It's like 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Yeah, something like that. Over 300,000 views. Is it really? That, that's that high, huh? So I that saw many... it was posted seven I mean, months that's, ago. That's Is pretty that, impressive. That's a real deal. I oh, mean, cool. Okay. Um, I got. I, I'm on TikTok. I got a. So this I got is a great opportunity. Yeah. Sell yourself. Where where can the people find you? Uh, Keen K E A 
N-E, like the band from England, Keen, Keen of Comedy. My name is Patrick Keen, thank you. And uh, yeah, that's on Instagram and Twitter. And then I think it's like Keen of Comedy 8 on TikTok. I got three videos. One of them hit a million on that. Did you really? What in the world is this TikTok everyone's talking about? What is it, 60 seconds, 60 second clips? So it's kind of like Vine? Yeah, basically, yeah. I don't know what the difference is. except So it's a 60 second loop? Uh, or is it 60 seconds? No, in? no, it loops. Okay. It loops, and you have words down below. You have, uh, is it called Chiron or subtitles? So so if, you know. Yeah, because, okay, th- that's the thing. is I thought TikTok was was for, like, yeah, it was like karaoke. It was like song, like you sang on TikTok. Oh, not necessarily. That was a you musical. Can do, you can do jokes. People, like, people do. So there's no sing. background music. Uh, no, I, well, you can. I, you can do that. Oh, you can. I yeah. see a lot of people do uh, dance. A lot of ch- kids do dances on TikTok, right? That's yeah. a 60 Yeah, there's a lot of like choreography, a lot, lot of cool stuff. What were you yeah. doing on your one that got the million? Uh, it was a, it was a joke from the dry bar that I pulled. One of my friends, Maria Brugere, who's a comic up in L.A., she pulled it, and she helped me uh, put the words to it. And uh, she said, this is a good bit. And it's a racial bit. It talks about uh, uh, white coaches versus black coaches, why white coaches sometimes make better coaches than black coaches, because as an athlete, we were worse so we knew how to win with less, whereas a black coach who has to coach a white kid, they're like, wait, why can't you jump higher? Like, what's going What is this shit? What am I dealing with here? Yeah. So, and, and so I do that. And how Michael Jordan never could have coached because he'd have been like, why? You guys aren't Duncan from the free throw line? Right. Like, what's from? Um, these ones are broken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these are broken. But we were winning in a, uh, who were, it was a basketball game where we were kids. And like, it was an all black team and we we're all white. And the other coach, black coach, said that his black kids at halftime, his halftime speech was this. Y'all going to let these white boys beat you? Like, that was it. It wasn't right. strategy. He just, like, <laughs> he just appealed to their, like, yeah. athleticism and blackness. Right. And then they came out in the second half. Like, that they could just not, not even imagine. That yeah. Not even in the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was the, that was the speech. Y'all going to let these white boys beat you? And it's like, can we talk strategy or change the defense? No. And then they came out and whooped your ass. Right. So that's that. That's the one that hit a million on TikTok. But um, yeah, man. So it's out there. The social media stuff, the clips. But I still, I still stress the content needs to be there. You know, it's like music. The, the lyrics need to be there. You know, the the sound needs to be there. All these little gimmicks and tricks, they 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 come and go, man. You know, and I, these people that are strategists, social media strategists, they kind of gross me out. It's still about the music. It's still about the comedy. It's still about the message. And uh, it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's about at the end of the day, it's about the content and it's about finding your audience and resonating yeah. with people. If you find your people and they resonate with you, then that'll spread and it'll grow. And absolutely. And I think, you know, that's a testament to why I think you're such a great comedian is because there's a certain kind of comedy that's funny for you. Right. And there's the comedy that's funny for you and your friends. And then there's the comedy f- that's funny for like you and your friends, friends. Right. And, but it's so funny. You find the further you get outside kind of your circle, the harder it is to carry comedy along. And I'll never forget when I first moved to West Virginia and all the shit that I've been doing with all my friends out here that I thought was just hilarious I went out there and it just it didn't it didn't resonate at first. It kind of took me a minute to kind of find how kind of like that rhythm of being funny with those people out there it was just different. And and it's I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this too where you're in one region, one place, one one bar and a joke just kills. Yes. And then someplace else it's crickets. Yeah. And it's weird and you and you in I'm sure the longer you spend on the road you learn yeah. what states kind of you can do, what kind of comedy in and everything. And I think that you have been at it for so long that it's kind of it comes very natural to you. But 
that's a real kind of um, elevated thing to to start to realize. Okay, comedy is regional, one hundred percent. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And it, much less trying to go global and be like a a, a a worldwide comedian. You've got to appeal to so many different kinds of people while avoiding all these kind of landmines. Absolutely. And, yeah. It's it's interesting you say that because I think part of it is what part of town the club's in or what part of town the show is in, right? You could be in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but are you at this hip club or are you at kind of this hillbilly club? Or this right, same town, yeah. but across across right. town, totally different audience. 100%. And, and how's the club run? Is it run by a seven-year-old white dude that, like, doesn't really like comics and he's just in it for the business? Or is it a bunch of, you know, 30-somethings that run it, three or four 30-somethings that are on top of it and what's hip and what's, you know, cutting edge and, and a little taste of Comedy Central, but also a little taste of, like, who's a road warrior and they're just on top of what's really funny and what's better for customers. So so there's there's that, you know. Um, these clubs called the Looney Bins in Oklahoma, they're, you know, there's clubs uh, that I was worried about, but they're, 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 they're pretty good, man. They were pretty, like, the, Little Rock, Arkansas is a fun town. You know, and I was impressed, you know, and, and then uh, some of these uh, places, some of the funny, not all the funny bones are that great. You know, the improv, like there's a couple because they're full service. It's the buffalo wings that they're trying to sell. It's the cocktails, the it's not necessarily parties. about the comedy. Yeah. And it's like, OK, this is brutal. You know, this is brutal. And then you see their roster and you're like, this is a very commercial roster, you know. Um, so you just keep writing and keep learning tricks you have your core half hour, 50 minutes, an hour material, whatever, and, and you can tweak it around that. And, you know, being on TV helps because then the people give you a little bit of a pass here and there. And there's that much more recognition. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I saw that guy on Absolutely. Jimmy Kimmel. Absolutely. you've been on. Right, yeah. Um, so when you when you are on the road and you're you're on tour – are you alone or is it like a band? Do you hook up with other comedians and you kind of all do tours together? Yeah, a little bit of both, right? Like sometimes you're just alone, man, for the week. And then, you know, your feature, your MC, you're like, they're locals or, or they just are, you know, they don't jive with you that well or they're too young in the head. Um, but then sometimes you're opening for a guy or you're with a guy or two that you love. And then there's another club across town and you love those comics. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe all these guys are in town. That's like, cool. Girls. I bet the camaraderie of I've always thought that being the camaraderie of being on the road and like the fellow comedians. Yeah, and, totally. Like we are. Who, who's, cool. I was with Al Madrigal and, and who was Sandy Danto and Adam Ray were they were in the same town in a different club. And I was like, oh, cool. We're going to go meet them after. Like I was excited. Not about the show. The show is fine, and, and maybe meeting people after. But I was more excited about like hooking up with those other comics, seeing yeah. your friends. Yeah. 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 See, Patrick is in the fraternity that I couldn't get in. Right. You know, I'm the, but, the freshman that like right. gets like you know hazed and like thrown down the stairs, and Pat got in the fraternity. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. neat. You it's are in. I think you're here. You you've done your time. <laughs> you're I remember. I remember Josh McGinty joke back in the '90s because you were telling Palovich and I about that your stand up, and and you said. Whenever it's going bad, you just end with, well, folks, you've been better than I have. Yeah, and that's I'm like, what a great line, dude. That is a great line. Speaking of that, you got it, you've got you been in this 20 years. Yeah, yeah. That'll be 20 in November, yeah. What is the difference between doing comedy when you're 23 yeah. and um, 33? That's a Which, great how question. old you are now? Yeah, right. Well, right okay, 40. We'll, just, we'll yeah, throw it out there. Wow. He's, started. How did he, get, he was a class above us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good. I started late. I started at 27. 27 was yeah. your first gig? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm 47. So, um, yeah, the difference is I think it was more about uh, jokes then, like like 
if you were a really good joke writer, it could get you. Now it's like they want to see beyond. You know, they want to see behind the curtain a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, the diversity is out there now. I think when you and I were doing it back then, there were 20 comics in Orange County. Yeah. Now are there 2,000? I would say 200 or 1,000. I think it's more, man. There's so many, like, open mics, San Diego, Orange County, L.A., and so there's a lot of that, a lot of behind the curtain stuff uh, where they want to see what's real. And, and I don't even know if they're, it's almost like a TED talk sometimes because that <laughs> can go too far where I'm like, still got to be funny, man. Like, I, I don't care like your gimmick and your story and your upbringing, but you better be funny and, and, you, and you better not just be, you know, for this cute little audience of friends that you have, this little, you know, go get, go to New York, get your teeth kicked in, go to Chicago, get your teeth kicked in, you know, um, or LA, you know, but yeah. uh, but but the principles remain the same. Like stage time, like that's why it's so refreshing to me when I see these, like the Roy Woods and the Bill Burrs and the, some of these comics, Margaret Cho and Kathleen Madigan, who had to do real time. You know, Ellen. People are on Ellen because she's mean to people. I don't know all the details of the show, <laughs> but my God, man, she had to come up in the eighties, a gay woman in stand up. Are you kidding me? Against right. all odds. Listen, like, hey, I know nothing about Ellen. I've never worked for her, so yeah. I can't speak to how what she is. But I've got nothing but respect for that oh, person. Oh, badass, man, right? She's so I, I don't know. Maybe she needs to rework some of the treatment and get like a publicist go, hey, you can't talk to these people like yeah. this. This isn't a football team in the 50s, you know? <laughs> but but I don't know. But, but I'm just saying like like the road for a female stand-up, a female, a, a lesbian is, is brutal, bro. Because a guy can go meet a girl after a show or whatever, you know, that that whole reality. But a girl's not, even the, even the, even the scandalous, uh, promiscuous, persona on stage that some female comics have you know i know a few of them and they're like yeah i don't i don't hook up with guys on the road i get too freaked out or creeped out you know you're you're in a hotel room or motel by yourself with a guy it's like motel you know Oof. yeah so so it's hotel, really hard. Motel. It's just, it's just, <laughs> like like in one more barrier one more uh, obstacle for female comics yeah. it's it's really rough so when they've made it through that uh, my hat's off you know and my hat's off to anybody that gives us a try you know uh, what was your, uh, where was your first gig and how did you do? And how many minutes did you have? I think we just had eight. I think it was at the Irvine Improv. It was that class. It was a Jeff Jenna class yeah. and we all had eight minutes. And uh, Which is a long time. Is that yeah. when you came in with the huge water bottle? That, that was, like, I, was, the like water that. bottle came like a year or two later when I was <laughs> doing so gimmicks. Funny. Yeah. And the whole fold out poster board and just pull that back. in your. Yeah. It was Christian Valet, Scott Ward, Nadine Rajabi, Chris Edwards, Mark Kravitz, Sharon Berrigan, Roger Smith, all those guys I started with. And, uh, Few of them are still doing it, and like Nadine's a producer, you know. Um, Nadine produces. Nadine's now? a producer on some shows up there, and she's For great. Sure. And I'm still trying to get Sharon Berrigan doing voiceover because she's just got an amazing like. Do you know her? Do you guys know her? She got a great. But yeah, so that was that was that Irvine Improv, and it was great. Friends came, and it was packed, and then begins the journey of the open mics, where there's no love, right? You know. Yeah. No. Right. Love. Because so, everybody else has brought their friends, and their friends only laugh at their jokes. Right. Right, and especially L.A., everybody's a performer of some sort, right. or it's industry people, and the arms are folded, and, <laughs> and it's almost counterproductive. It's almost like, I want out of this town, and I'll go to a West Virginia, you know, I'll go to Cincinnati. Let me, give me real people to try these on. Absolutely. I think you really, that's where you, I think that's where you start to develop. I mean, you, you get so stifled trying to stay in a town like L.A., you're, you're, you'll get snuffed out before your flame even gets a chance to Absolutely. burn. 100%. You get out into the amongst the real people, and you try your stuff, and you find what lands and what doesn't. But that's where you kind of, I think, and being and but not every comic has the opportunity to even do that right. to get on the road. I mean, it takes someone 
to book shows for you and you can't just set off. I mean, so that's like, what was your first kind of big break? I mean, did you had like management obviously is kind of a big part of becoming. Yeah, that, that even came after Nick Swartzen for me, Nick, Nick Swartzen and Henry Phillips took me on the road. Um, so was that kind of your first like. Did you meet them at Irvine? No, I, I met Swartzen them up in L.A. and just the bar, you know, doing shows. And I, I was running a show at a bar near Swartzen's house and he was just there having a drink. And to him, by that time, he's a headliner, and I don't even think he he ever did like the movie some scene of, yet. Some of these, yeah, he was about to, he was about to break into the movie scene, and um, I didn't even know he was in the room. I came off a show, and I'm sweating. I'm like, that was terrible. And I walk outside, and I hear this good set, man. And I look up at Swartzen's like smoking a cigarette. And I was like, what the, f-? you know, what are you doing here, man? And he's like, oh, I live around the corner. And uh, is this downtown? No, this was uh, Pico and. Uh, Maine or uh, Pico and Lincoln out in Santa Monica. Okay. It's called the Bitter Redhead Bar, and I was like, "You kidding?" Because he's like, "Good show. That was great. Really like your stuff." And I was like, "You crazy? Nobody like liked it." And he's like, "I'll take you on the road, and you'll see like what rooms are like and what they're supposed to be and all this stuff." Because I had only done bars or open mics or weird venues. I mean, we did the Irvine Improv, but that was. We are you making f- any money at this point yet? No, no I, I had a job for a PR company, that yeah. same PR Bob Hope Gin Company, but. Uh, but I wasn't making any money, and then Swartzen, you know, he'd take me on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing, and you make a little money, and then enough open mics in L.A., and then finally this guy from the Late Late Show was like, dude, you got a nice five minutes here or there, and, and he put me on the show a couple times, and then that gets you kind of feature work throughout the country, and Nick takes you on the road here and there. and Dude, how nervous were you for that? For the late late show, like national. Uh, you know what's funny is I think your, your human survival takes over, and you're like, this is the five minutes I have, these are the words coming out of my mouth. Hey, I'm just remember, and all you're doing is pacing, pace, 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 like in your green room, going over the set for hours. Yeah, and uh, and they even have it on the. If you want, they'll put it on the teleprompter. And I'll say this about the Late Late Show: they had the audience ready to go. Like that's a good primed audience. Like how Johnny had them, mm-hmm. how Craig Ferguson, Kilborn had them. Jimmy Fallon does a great. Jimmy Fallon comes out towards the end of the show. I mean, he's already out there, but he walks to the threshold of the stage and he's like all right guys i need this audience for five more minutes this comic's a friend of mine i think they're hilarious i need you guys for five more minutes just and and the audience is that's awesome and and i'm like say what you will but man that's incredible for a comic because that's what they deserve coming on and getting those five minutes you're not going to get those on all the late night talk shows some some shows you're just kind of thrown at the wolves you know for stand-up yeah yeah how, what, how much TV have you done? What show? What have uh, you done? I did uh, Late Late with Ferguson. I've, I've been on Kimmel, but in sketches. I've been on a bunch of sketches okay. on that show. So, um, and then I did. And how'd that happen? Uh, my buddy Chris Fraticelli was a producer on there, and he got me uh, production PA work because I was in town, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm I only go out of town at that time, maybe once a month to do stand up. I don't know what to do while I'm here. And he's like, well, if you want to do some PA production assistant work. He was the head of the field department. Field department, they shoot all the videos that are not in the studio. Okay. And he's like, you'll be a production assistant. You'll be a run, you know, running around, getting coffee sandwiches, lifting stuff. I did it for America's yeah, you did it. some videos. Yeah, that's right, with Bob Saget. I remember <laughs> yeah, that. That's, God, that's 24 years ago, 23 years ago. But uh, And I, I just did that, and then eventually they like you, and they'll throw you in bits here and there. They're like, hey, we need kind of a goofy-looking, taller redhead you know, to play this or to do that. I was happy to do that and make yeah. a little money on the side. And then, um, yeah. I mean, talk about a grind, dude. Jimmy, I mean, f- came up, just was around. Yes. You know, uh, central casting. And then he got on, I think maybe his big break was K Rock. 
Yeah, I that's think so. People yeah. really started to kind of know the, who he was. He, he was a sports guy on the morning show. Yeah, and, and then, then he, he was, did the he man was show, regular on right? Kevin and Bean. Yeah, and he met and, Corolla through that, right? Right, Corolla Adam Corolla, and he and then he did a bunch of bits through with Adam Corolla and, well, and with the Kevin and Bean show. And then they, him and Corolla did the man show. And then they show, did right? the yeah, man show. And they knocked that it out of the park. The synergy with those guys was beautiful. The timing on that. It was great. What a great show. And then and then Jimmy, you know, a lot of people gave him flack when he took it. They're like, no, this guy won't be able to hold late night. And he's that's twenty years. That's, he's, uh, he's 19 phenomenal. years ago and and he surrounds himself with perfect insanity and lunacy a zoo and he's the zookeeper and he rides it out and he's so smart with like with matt damon and and ben affleck he says uh hey or, or it's all those guys he's like you live in la you got an idea for a sketch come on down like just walk through my set in the middle of a show like make this your home so it's like this playground for all of them and uh i don't know he's just done a great job of being a ringleader you know and very he, cool yeah. When was so? I mean, what's even going on with like television production these days? I don't know. Is it happening? I see these late night guys doing friggin' Are they stuff from their closet. Yeah, whole, exactly. It's it, yeah, it's really brutal. I think they're they're bummed because normally they have an audience that's prompted to laugh, you know, with jokes right. written. Back for to that them. same point, it's almost impossible. Well, not impossible, but it's just not as fun, and you can't have the same kind of energy performing in front of nobody. Watching the Lakers play the other night in front of nobody. Yeah, I mean they have to be feeling that lack of energy. I mean, you know That's that weird. athletes feed off of that. Totally, totally. And you still see them go, "Come on, they're doing it to the uh, the, the fake, fake the fake people." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is all sports? All, if they have sports, it's it's cutouts in the audience. Yeah, right? it's I mean, crazy. It's, well, you can zoom your face in now, which is kind of cool. Do you know that you can? No, zoom. so you can be a one. You can you be in space. the audience. You have to buy. You have to buy, and then so from your living room, oh, you're on your funny. your camera on your laptop, and they're zooming you into that spot. Isn't that right? I don't you know. know like I know that, that Ryan and that. his chick are huge <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fans, oh, and if right? that's a thing, they're yeah. going to be doing it. That would I be hear. awesome. That no. would be well, if it's anything like my real work, my children would still c- come through in a fight. Right, right, right. When I finally have my moment. Tie game, eight seconds yeah, left. Yeah, like and- with poop. <laughs> Every time, I mean, I, my kid never does any kind of poop accident until I get on a really, really important Zoom meeting, and then he comes in the room and it's all over him. And yeah. it's like, what have you gotten into? Yeah, you had to go out of your way to make yeah, that yeah exactly yeah. that yeah. was not accidental that, so that was I, I will say about basketball and baseball you know those guys at one point played traveling leagues and were playing 100 200 yeah. games a year so like sometimes they're playing to empty places those football guys are not used to be used to no. playing are so how is it working with sports i mean we might as well talk about it because we already brought it up are they because i and I, I'm, I'm actually interested are they traveling? Are they all doing it like in only a certain amount of stadiums? NBA is only doing it at Disney World. So, right, that's what I they're thought. They're playing like March Madness. They have a 9 a.m. game, 11.32. And they're all, but again, it's and like the, and kind the of an announcers have to rotate. But they're all in the same, under the same roof. Yeah, right? and they're like almost four weeks without a COVID case. Wow, that's great. They get tested they, probably they, every day. Every day. Every day, yeah. Have you been COVID tested like the deep, the deep? No, my... I didn't. I haven't had the deep, the deep nose, but I heard you can swab it too. So I picked that's swab. what we did. I picked swab too. We did the swab because my do you we want had elephant tusks from, like up there? That seems yeah, I don't deep. Like anything my kids, we had to do it to send Eli back to preschool, and we all had to swab. And I guess knowing there's just no way that your kids are going to let you jam a thing all the way up the nose, you know, they they gave us the yeah. the swab kind, and the kids still didn't like it. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, I, w- I wasn't looking forward to jamming that thing. I mean, I saw, I've seen it depicted on television, and the thing goes up there like a foot. Oh, and that's half. not fun, man. That's not, the nose is a funny. Th- it's like you, you know when when you drink alcohol. I've drank things before. When you smoke weed or cigarette or like you've smoked things before. When you let's say someone does cocaine. Then you know nobody's ever stuck anything up their nose. Right, so so right. Not, the first thing that goes into your nose in this world oh. is either a Schwab or a, a Schwab or a, or a Coke. <laughs> uh, very sensitive region is my point. It is. It goes back to that same question I always ask: How did the first person ever do that, and yeah, why? Yeah, like, I'm just gonna snort this right up my nose. Right. They weren't happened. doing the the dips the dipstick stuff first, and then oh well, snuff. We'll do Coke when we're in college. Uh, what a weird thing snuff is. I had I went to a doctor's appointment because yeah. I. Have uh, uh, sleep apnea and they wanted to check my deviated septum which is you look severe. like a guy that would have I, I, if I, I, if I like saw you walking down the street I would be like that guy I always wanted that to call a band deviated yeah. septum but that's it, a great band name not a yeah. bad band name yeah, right yeah. deviated septum yeah. but if you if you have had that it feels like it's touching your nose your eyeball your brain your ear I don't know what's going on in the dead center right, of your right. head so it's up in there it's, t- it's touching Every oh, part that's of you. So head. brutal. That's like, is it Total Recall where he pulls that thing out? Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> God. Yeah. That's that's some gnarly sensitive area. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best place. So they're getting tested. I I, I tell you, man, they picked Orlando. That's a good city because like. Even COVID's like this is where Disney is, and we're not fucking with Disney. Right, no one fucks with like, Disney. Like coronavirus is like, yeah, we're not we're not going near Disney, man. Probably right. a pretty safe bet. Safe bet. That's Save how that. powerful Disney is that even COVID. So scared. here's how stupid I am when it comes to sports. What other sports are going on right now? <laughs> You're not stupid because none of us know. No. Formula uh, One. Yeah. So Formula One is going. Yeah. But to nobody? Just Yeah, there's nobody in the stands. Uh, they have one commentator that sits in the stands. <laughs> And like commentates, like I mean, there is so well in all. He's sports. in first place, second place, third place, third place. But there is so much money in Formula oh. One. Oh, yeah. Those guys are like, we can't just not do anything. Yeah. Those crowds so, are so huge, yeah. dude. And Hundreds just, of I mean, Ferrari, the comp, the Ferrari, McLaren, the amount of money they spend on research and yeah. cars and just and the drivers. They I'm, can't do social because I went to a rodeo in Jackson Hole a couple weeks ago, and they did. I mean, it's th- it seats three thousand. This arena, they let six hundred of us in. It was fine. They can't do that at Formula One. But like, they let the guy be on the horse? That's really close. I don't think it yeah, goes yeah. between. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it cross. I don't yeah. think you can give a horse COVID. Well, yeah. can an, an, animals give uh, us COVID? Well, bats apparently can. Yeah, yeah, so. eat them, oh, as long one. as you don't eat the bull that you're riding. Okay. As long as you don't eat the, the bull. pony. Yeah. Okay. Don't uh, ingest the pony. Yeah. Or the little kids. The little kids on the sheep is the cutest thing in the world. I don't know if. You yeah, know. When they like wrangle them to the oh, ground and break their guys. neck. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah, that's such a guess the morality. I'm still working on some of that stuff. I mean, that's the thing is it's all fine and good until you realize, like, that's probably not very fun for the animal. You know, like bull riding. You know how they get the bull to buck and (laughs) run around like that? They cinch a belt up and under his balls as tight as they can, and then they, they whip him on the butt and they let him go. And, like, the guys, the, the bull is literally going up and down, like, trying to kick the belt off his ball. Like, please get yeah. the belt off my balls. Yeah. I, did, I uh, did not know that. I yeah. don't think I did either. Maybe not his balls. Right. But it's up in his haunches. It's up in there. Haunches. Yeah. yeah. Haunch. We'll see, man. Loins. We'll see when we're old men what is not around anymore. And, like, you know. Yeah. We'll, it'll be like, oh, you guys used to eat animals? You know? 
It's like maybe oh, no, for sure. Back. I always think that like, my kids are going to be like, wait, you guys actually used to drive cars? Yeah, How yeah, dangerous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why would anybody allow you <laughs> so to funny. drive cars? You mean you actually controlled it? Are you were drinking half the time. The computer do it. How yeah. weird. Uh, if you if you if everyone gave up eating animals, I mean, that would just be the yeah. Because the cow, I mean, this Do consuming cows is ruining the environment too. Yeah. What's that? I'm not, sorry. Go ahead. No, but I'm just yeah. It it it's it's all pretty connected, and we're running out of space, and so now everything is amplified. Like it's like this leads to that leads to that. Whereas years ago, it took years for something to kind of produce this thing that we made us aware but now everything's documented and it's like oh my god what's happening in israel palestine's affecting what's happening in texas and new york city and omaha and orange county and it's like oh this is shit we're all connected when do you you realize that um you ate asparagus that you got from ralph's and 14 palestinians died because of the conflict of shipping between i don't know yeah yeah, like, yeah. Seems no, like that's, every it seems like no every matter issue. what you do there right. is you're there's like a I trail just, there's a trail. i just bought a modello yeah what american beer is not good enough yeah, for you racist yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got to be careful these days that's for sure yeah and as long as the intent you know if we're not malicious oh that's what you if we're not malicious then that's where it is it, you know it's okay to be ignorant but we're so we're now afraid to even ask questions because it's like, oh, I'm going to insult someone or, uh, you know, piss someone off here with this question. I mean, and th- th- this is another great topic. As a comedian, it's you. nobody has to kind of, you know, walk that line more than a comedian does. Yeah. And it's almost like you can't you got to be so careful now of what you say. Yeah. I mean, do you feel that? I mean, is it, it's yeah, it's a good, but I, I kind of like that it has to be funny. It forces you to make it right, funny. Right, right. Like, you can't just... Go like, for the obvious. Yeah, sometimes I want to post something on social media or talk about this thing. And I'm like, oh, that's that's. I'm just going to get applause from half the people that believe that. That's not going to make anybody laugh. Um, somebody as brilliant as Jessel, Anthony Jessel, yeah. with his jokes, it's like that is such pure cocaine. That joke is so good that it doesn't have anything to do with politics or religion. But kind is that of, that weird British dude you like? Yeah. No, no, he's, he's from. He's no, he's from here. Who do you but, like? Uh, Jesselnix, uh, I think he's Pittsburgh. talking about Jimmy Carr. Oh, Jimmy Carr. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Carr. But like Jesselnix, one of my favorites. Oh, he's a beast. He's, I mean, yeah. just the the like what's it? Economy of words. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, man. Is, it reminds me old school, but, yeah. but fresh, fresher. Yeah. Weren't you working on him or something? Yeah, I was on his uh, show. He has a show called um, Good Talk, which is on Comedy Central mm-hmm. on Friday nights, and I was on season one, and then season two, I think, has been suspended because of this COVID thing. Yeah. Which is weird because it's just one on one. You'd think yeah. they could do it. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. but he's great. Yeah, he's he's a phenomenal uh, person. Well, it's like you can you can have five thousand people at the beach, but you can't get your nails done. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes What's sense, the, right? Uh, yeah, some of that stuff. And and in Arizona, where my mom lives, and I stand with her, you can do haircut, you can do all that stuff, you get manicure, pedicure. I was, you know, I'm just curious about that, you know, because people are so sensitive, so now. sensitive, yeah. and yeah. so quick to jump on every word. Yeah. That it, yeah, I'm just wondering if that that what Steve the b- Burns great too. Steve Burns, to Steve Burns just goes right through them, and it's like this is the last bastion of free speech. But you're right. If you're smart and you're funny and you're not just you know being openly racist, right? Or, you know, then then you can still be smart and funny. And most of that middle will give you the benefit of the doubt. They're like, well, you know, I'll laugh at that because he's he's a decent human being and he's not just. Uh, 
heavy-handed either way. And not just going for the joke. Right, or, right. Just like, you know, F point. Republicans, you know, F Democrats. It's like, come on. Well, I mean, that's the thing. On. It's so easy to jump. We were talking earlier about this whole polarization that's happening yeah. right now. And it's so easy to go there, right? To either jump on either one of either side. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. And to try to kind of tread the water in the middle, which is, I think, where we all should be as yeah. humanity, is to try to find this middle ground. Absolutely, yeah. That's the job of the comedian. That's it, man. That's it. Make them laugh. Like, I, people listen to old George Carlin, and, and so many people love that. And it's like, there wasn't Republican, uh, Democrat. Then. Right. It was like, this guy's just throwing down truth and funny. Are and you writing could differently he, or not writing differently? A little bit. A little bit more personal now. Not writing from the outside in so much anymore. Yeah. You know. Could... Uh, I mean, I know the answer to this, but uh, could Carlin do that set now? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he could. Yeah, he could, he, I think. He could, I he think could. he could take it even okay. further because, okay. like, oh my God, you know, send police to his house. Well, I, I mean, then um, I didn't know the answer. I thought for sure that he he couldn't. Yeah, I mean, but, you still have Doug Stanhope. You still yeah, have I mean, all these. Stanhope's people. also one of my favorites. I yeah. mean, you you probably can get the idea of that my kind of comedy is a, yeah, yeah. a Jimmy Carr and a Jesselnick and a Stanhope. Well, sometimes, uh, sometimes I like it a little dark. No, there's a great, there's a great, great act. I can't think of the Comedy Central guy. Ross, Jeff Ross. They made all, no, they were going to give him all the money and he ran away. Oh, Dave Chappelle, Chappelle, yeah. Dave Chappelle's last show. Yeah. He pretty much shot from the hip. Oh, yeah, he'll do it. Like, he'll go yeah. right through all that stuff. And refreshing. he's another one. that refreshing. Yeah, it's refreshing. It's nice to hear his yeah. opinion. I mean, yeah. I genuinely appreciate his, his peace of mind. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful to be in that bubble? Like, comedy is I think the so. only bubble really left in America where you can still talk about yeah because i talk we talked you know we all have friends anything. in the corporate world and i'm like is this all that corporate talk has shaped your brain and sent it backwards like you, we're not even having a conversation right now you're like you're afraid to color outside the lines yeah and i'm, yeah, like, I can I'm only so repeat, glad now that i got into comedy yeah i can only repeat the phrases that i've been told i'm allowed to say to you yeah or or I get fired. Right, well, right. Well, I mean, it's so and true. The people that kind of like towed the line and went that corporate direction right out of high school or right out of college, when they're a completely different person and kind of kind of person than I am or what we are, that kind of took a little kind of more non-traditional path. And I'm so glad that oh I went God, non-traditional no, totally. because and – and nothing against, you know, listeners, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there and you, you work in the 9 to 5 or whatever, you know, more power to you. That is that is just not a direction I could have gone yeah. and and um, not kind of like a, a kind of lifestyle that I would ever be comfortable in because there is so much of curtailing your own personality involved and, and kind of learning how to jump through these corporate hoops and fit these perfect molds. Yeah. And I was like, I could never do that. And, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I, I'll do some gigs with some of these companies. I'll do a corporate gig. You do a lot of corporate gigs. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I'll either do the straight stand up or what I do is, uh, we have a company called your company tonight, me and my buddy where we'll go to their corporate event. Well, we call it your company night. We call it guest of honor. We call it your company night live. We have these different names, whatever, however they want to apply it. But end of the year party, retirement party, service industry award night, whatever. And we'll go and we create a talk show around their corporate events. That's so great. We idea. set up a backdrop. That's that's all your own idea, right? Yeah, that's all mine, and it's uh, a skyline in the background, you know. And then we'll get a little piano up there. He plays the piano, and I'm the host. And all we do is material about their company, like it's the Tonight Show. <laughs> that's a great idea. And you know, how does someone book that? Book you guys if they want to do that? They can call me or email me. Uh, you can go to uh, guestofhonorshow.com, or you can just reach out to me on Facebook. Or and something. again, that's a totally different kind of comp- comedy. It's totally different and we're even doing it with zoom oh you're totally cussing, different right? no you're it's not cussing totally... at all you're joking about the break room you're joking about the lack of parking 
you're joking about, uh, oh, boy, it's one of Joe's stories again. Like, oh, my God, everybody, you know, I don't think, you know, we don't have until Friday at 5. You know, you start to realize, as a guy that dabbled in comedy, right? I did it off and on, like, open mics for two years, you know, and, and you know, wrote jokes, and, and I kind of had my sets. But I had, you know, a handful of, of, of sets, basically, like, material, you know, that I can, I can still basically recall all my jokes, right? You start to get an idea of the depth of, uh, you know, somebody like Pat, who's been doing it for 20 years and he's doing it in different regions he's doing it for different he's doing bar mitzvahs he's doing yeah. corporate events right. you've got to have such a breadth of material of all different kinds of jokes and i mean it's it's pretty impressive Absolutely. like I mean, those you know consummate you know, bar musicians that have the playlist literally right. like it's a, that's a great example. songs long right. it's exactly it that's exactly are you writing it. every day yeah yeah every day it's really like today i sat down this afternoon before coming here and I was going to read a little bit, and I'm like, no, no, I'm feeling creative. I'm feeling creative. So, so do I, you consider yourself, and I know a lot of writers do, uh, comedians, like a writer more? And yeah, I, and I think Maybe as so. you get older, maybe you transfer more into a writer. Yeah, than, yeah, totally. Like, I'll reach out to some comics and be like, this would be a great joke for you, man. Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want that? Sometimes so you do write for other comedians? Absolutely, 100%. Because I'm like, I, I can't do this, you know, this... Like, That's a, I mean, you're, you, suicide you're a great joke writer, too, yeah, which is another so. thing that a lot of comics... You know, there's people that are funny, yeah, and there's people that can tell jokes, but not everybody can can write jokes right, and yeah, put them together. That's a talent in and of yeah, itself. Yeah, that's a different. Yeah, and I'm more of that. I'd rather go that way than the social media. Take a picture of me at the beach or this restaurant or this donut <laughs> shop. Memes. Yep. You're not yeah. gonna meme. Yeah, man. I want to. I want to write the stuff that goes in front of people. I think you know, you're, you're you. you know. There's and like in the corporate world and you know dealing with these companies, you see the restrictions, and it's like, oh my god, you're yeah. more G-rated than I thought. What we'll do now with the Zoom is we'll have other people hosting their own show. They'll be the host of their company shows. And that's fun, too, because that's almost like karaoke for comedy. And we have joy having someone, you know, live their dream as a they're like, oh, man, I get to host my company's party. And I get to be in the suit and the tie. And uh, I'm like, this is cool. This brings me as much joy as the uh you know going on stage myself why don't you top him off there josh yeah, i bet it could go it, it could go a couple of directions though Can, like i assume there's you know half of them half of them are probably you know decently funny on their own you can just direct them tell yeah. them how it's going to go and they could probably do some pretty amazing you know stuff yeah and then you probably have just the stick in the mud that you're, oh yeah that that's trying to be funny it's, bad. I mean, it's painful yeah oh it's, that's yeah. gotta be the what and you, then and then there was the break room yeah like yeah uh, yeah, yeah i'm yeah. sorry what? what what you do is you try to give them crutches so yeah if, if a joke doesn't land then you give it like you give them like three or four you know because you have a monologue you give them a top 10 list you do all this stuff and and if a joke doesn't land just you know go to we'll, we'll set up a purple section of the right and just these are emergency like boy it looks like we need to hire new writers or uh, <laughs> that's great yeah. i didn't write this crap like something something to alleviate the pressure now we've them. given you a lot of props here yeah i have to ask we have to ask yeah. do you have the worst show of your life do you, God, that's a do you have question. like the I'm getting I'm, out of this. Yeah, business. I'm probably never doing comedy again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, man. You know that's a great question. That and is. Like, that's a great final question. Actually. It is. Okay, that's it'll be good. The uh, you know because uh, let's end on a bad note. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was when you sucked the most. As humans, I think we do that. You know, I substitute taught for a while, and people would always say, "Oh my God, what do you do with a bad student?" Uh, you know, I drove Uber for a while. People say, "What do you do with a bad passenger?" You know, "What do you do with a heckler?" And it, those three situations, all it's so seldom you have a bad student you have a bad client you have a bad uh 
bad heckler or bad um, you know passenger in the passenger. But uh, I think the worst was uh, a show I did at the Hyatt house. It's right next door to the comedy store, and my brother's ex girlfriend Kim was uh, working at the Hyatt, kind of running that hotel. And there was a company that wanted to have their holiday party, a comedian at their holiday party, just 20 minutes, half hour. So Tom Clark and I go up. It's the top floor at the Hyatt house, the Hyatt, uh, you know, on Sunset Boulevard. And it was for hospital administrators, not nurses, not doctors, hospital administrators. And so shout out to Coach Baseball. Yeah, yeah, right. We, I have a buddy. In, I have a buddy in West Virginia that was a long time hospital. Okay, and, and and we don't know. I, you know, as a comic, you don't know any of these professions, right. right? So we go, and there was a doctor there. He's probably in his sixties, and he was dating a girl that was a, an administrator that was kind of running it. That was in her twenties. Right, right. She was, she was, yeah, young, <laughs> she was definitely younger. And the doctor, very wise man, was like, uh, he's like, hey we're talking he's like he's like just no offense but while you're on stage i'm gonna be out by the pool and i was like what and he's like i'm sure you're fine he's like but you're about to address the dumbest group of people you've ever addressed and i was like what like that what are you talking about i've talked you literally got prepped like that yeah yeah he said he said he said just no offense i'm just i can't watch because i know and i was like what like how did who can foretell that all that you know i was like i'll be fine i've been doing this and so the stage it's not a stage it's a microphone in a stand right next to where they're going to have the buffet. <laughs> so you're already. Yeah. So and and there's no spotlight. And it's a little darker because it's a, an evening party and the holidays and stuff. So there's kind of bright, you know, there's holiday so lights. Zero ambiance. So the ambiance is gone. So I go on and I'm doing 10 while people are just in line. I just look like I'm at the end of the line at the buffet with a microphone. Is this where the desserts are? Yeah, yeah. And people are like looking at me like almost like I'm Beat holding it. a tray for the last thing that they're supposed to have. And they look up at me and they're like, oh, you're the one talking. Like, you're the one I hear in my ears. And then they take the tray. And so this is going on. By the way, the intro is the, the int- always when you're introing a, somebody, a performer, the name has to be the last thing out of your mouth. You know, and now, ladies and gentlemen, come to the stage. This guy travels. He's done shows all the way all these years with Jay Legend, this award, that award. Jeremy Webb. Uh, this is how she she's like. Okay, so the Pat, the comedian is Patrick Keene, and uh, he's I guess he's been on TV and some stuff. And Patrick lives in L.A. and everything. Um, so yeah, just come on up. Oh. And that's oh, the man. intro. So it's like people are like, "What confused? Like, do we clap? Do we yeah. what?" So it's is it's, this going to be an HR speech? It's or totally we, that. Uh... That's what it is, man. And so I'm half. I'm dying up there. I'm dying. There's one table, thank God, in the back that's like laughing because they're the last to be able to get in line to for get the food, in the so eat. they're forced to listen to the comedy. <laughs> so they're dying because I'm commenting. I'm doing a joke. I'm like, you know, jumping out of here. Is it high enough for me to die if I can break through the glass? <laughs> you know, and, and people are looking at me just like I'm a madman. Like I hijacked their party. I, like and I ladies ra- and gentlemen, if you don't know, if you've never been on stage, 10 minutes is a lifetime. Oh, God. A lifetime. 600 seconds or something. Oh, man. Um, and so I'm dying. And so at, at least time is ticking away for me. Tom, the other comic, Tom Clark, great comic, great guy, is, is in the back going, I... I have to watch this for 10 and then do my 10. And so I'm talking and then halfway through uh, the mic cuts out. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And there's a there's a DJ that's going to be after us. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm just working the sound. (laughs) And so I'm now having a conversation with him. And he's like, yeah, I, I can't do two at once. So the next guy won't even have sound. 
I'm like, you mean it's going to get worse than this? You know? And so I do my 10. And Tom goes up there. With no mic? With no mic, oh no lighting. God. People are still in line for food. He just looks like a maniac now at a party yelling hey, at everybody. Guys! Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'm from, you know, Wisconsin or whatever. And he did two minutes. And he, he looked at me in the back because I had booked it for us. He looked at me in the back. He's like, do you want me to? And I was like, no, we are out of here. And they are paying us in full. Like, and the guy was even apologetic. He's like, I'm sorry. Was it the old guy that prepped you that was paying you? No, no, no. There was a young, hip guy that okay. was just trying new things. Yeah, I yeah. felt bad for him. He felt bad for us. Him feeling bad for us and expressing that, I was like, we're good. You, you're paying us. We're good. You're apologetic. Had he been like, you guys bombed, man. That was terrible. Yeah. I, I'd have had a problem. He realized. It just wasn't he the right he, He's like, this is sorry. But So it's a lot of that trial and error with these. And I know that that that, that doesn't sound like the biggest nightmare of a gig. But that's just the one that sits in my gut for so long. Maybe it was just because it was so traumatic and it was early on in the career. Um, but uh, it, it, there's worse gigs, of course, uh, that I've just forgotten about. Maybe. Well, you know, I think it's probably a testament to the fact that you haven't probably had a whole hey, hell of a, a lot point. of bad gigs. Well said. You know? Yeah. So anyway, it's been awesome, Patrick. Oh, I love you guys. Thanks for having me again. Thank you for being here. Um, you know, I know you're a busy guy. I think we got lucky and caught you during a pandemic. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. It does mean a lot. You know, if, if we didn't say it at the beginning, we've known Patrick for, I mean, do we dare say how many years? I mean, we 30, went to high school 30, with him. Let's no, just put it that way. I've known and and we've 30, stayed in each other's lives and kept track of each other. We're big years. fans. Yeah, yeah, over yeah. thirty years. Yeah, I remember when Joss in high school went to the bathroom because you had some kind of you hurt your knee and you came back wrapped in toilet paper like a <laughs> yeah, mummy. I did do which that. Which doesn't maybe sound as funny as it, but it was hilarious for 15, 16, 17 year olds. That's good shit. <laughs> Joss is a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. Especially at a fifteen-year-old high schooler, you know, we go to a, a pretty conservative Catholic high school, and didn't you get kicked out of the uh, the talent show for like gesturing towards your genitalia? Yeah, did, uh, so I was a senior, so you were gone, and I did stand up for my the senior oh, talent I show, no or for the talent show. There were people, yeah. sophomores playing the violins, and I did, <laughs> <laughs> I did, um, I gestured to the microphone in an inappropriate way, and I. They like they did they, the thing. They cut the they light. Cut, they cut they his cut, mic. They cut <laughs> You're out of here. What a beautiful lesson in the stand-up that is. Yeah, he was good. No, Joss was doing stand-up in high school, and I respected the hell out of him. I mean, knowing yeah. how hard it is and how scary it is, and as a 15-year-old just getting up there. In front, I mean, and everyone knows how insecure you are at 15 anyway. Yeah. And Joss getting up in front of the whole high school and saying jokes. I mean, that's unreal. And you did? Were you guys in theater, either of you? Yeah, we. Yeah. we well, both we were. dabbled. In we dabbled. Yeah. We had the lead in every play. Um, um we, made, <laughs> we made theater cool. Yeah. In yeah. the early 90s, I remember yearbook pictures of you guys. <laughs> so anyway, it's been fantastic. As always, it's super just fun to get together with you guys. Um, thank you for giving me your time. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being here. You know, I see you out there. I'm watching the analytics. I'm seeing the downloads every week. And for those of you who are here every week, uh, we thank you. We thank you very much. Um, you can always get a hold of us through the webpage. That's uh, websworldwide.com. I know we've been having some trouble with email. I, I found out this last week people were getting emails kicked back. But I have had a little talk with the internet pixies, and it is all fixed up. We're ready to hear from you. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for being here. Share us with your friends. Let us know you're out there. Anything you want to hear on the show, anything you're happy that you heard, we want to hear from you. Let's make this a, a two-way relationship. And we will see you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. <laughs>